Hello and welcome to this week's The Two Pinter with myself, Gaz. And me, Jono. And together we argue about the sport. We've been arguing about sport for the last 13 years uh, over a rough divide of myself being Welsh and Jono being English. Oh, yes. And then football wise, uh, I'm a local fan and Jono is a fan of most clubs, but predominantly uh, Blackburn, followed by Arsenal. And I'm sure there's Newcastle and Palace and Man United and other teams as well, but uh, predominantly uh, Arsenal and Blackburn. And I'm not a Liverpool fan, just to confirm, not a Liverpool fan. <laughs> uh, so we were trying to bring out this podcast every week and without trying to show you how the sausage is made, uh, we had a few issues last week, so apologies for, for, uh, for that not happening. Uh, somebody logged out their account while we were trying to record and uh, once we'd recorded what we thought we'd recorded the podcast um, we uh, we came to the conclusion at the end that actually only one of our voices had, had recorded it, lo- so it, it logged, it logged uh, me out Gareth I didn't try I didn't log it out it logged <laughs> me out yeah, I wasn't going to attribute any blame but but, uh, but yeah now you've claimed it uh, but one thing we uh, we did do last week so we'll do it again this week is we'll say Happy New Year and believe in now with that to all our listeners Happy New Year uh, if you can and you can follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, and the handles are at Pinter2. That's at Pinter2, so please uh, do give us a, a follow. And on Twitter or Facebook, you can post questions, uh, which become what we call the feature of the barmaid. Uh, so if you wanted to ask us a question that we'll try and discuss at uh, one of these podcasts, then please uh, ask us a question on there, and we'll call you the barmaid for the week. Um, We've got a barmaid from the other side of the pond uh, to come later on in the show. Uh, so thanks to Jacko from Milwaukee for uh, for bringing this week's barmaid question. But we'll come to that later on. Last time we did a podcast was in last year when Liverpool were top of the league by seven points, hadn't lost, and it all it was all looking all looking rosy. Uh, however, unfortunately, there's a over. After a decent Christmas period, the New Year period, or the early New Year period, proved a little bit difficult for Liverpool. And uh, a beating by Man City and then quickly followed by a beating by Wolves. We wondered whether it was starting to look uh, disastrous, didn't we, uh, Jono? I was hopeful. Uh, I thought, um, yeah, after, after City, the U against City was, was a brilliant game and I thought City were probably good value, but uh, you, you certainly were a bad side. But I was hopeful the wheels would come off and... I thought Brighton away at Brighton might provide a bit of a test, and and it, and it did. But uh, unfortunately, you passed it. We did. I, I wouldn't say we passed with flying colours. Um, Just one one nil win, we, wasn't it? Yeah. Most other penalty. One nil. Most other penalty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what they what they call in the business uh, a professional performance, <laughs> or um, or a lucky performance, whichever way you want to look at it. But uh, but no no we, we limited Brighton to um, very few chances. And uh, yeah, and on the whole, um, we're the better side. And uh, it, well, looked like we were going to be extending our lead at the top, only for um, City to uh, to beat Wolves on Monday night and uh, get away with. Uh, well, Bolly got a, got a red card for his uh, his bad challenge after a quarter of an hour, and that kind of spoiled the game. And um, it was just City cruising from there on in. So it makes the the, the uh, title race quite tight, doesn't it, John? It's four points. Uh, City with a couple of uh, couple of better goal difference. Both of you in the uh, in the forties, though. Um, 
Yeah, um, it's certainly more interesting than when you were seven points clear and cruising, but, but four points uh, is still quite a number. Um, but yeah, it's still it'd still be quite quite a quite a decent bottle job from your boys to, to lose it from here, I think. Um you have got the trickiest run of fixtures though, have you? You've got Palace this week and then you Leicester both at home. Then you're away at West Ham. It's it's not a it's not a murderer's row and then at home to Bournemouth. I mean, yeah, your next four uh, are probably twelve points in, in the what the way you boys are playing. Uh and then you're away at away at Man United the fifth game, which could be a bit of a trickier fixture, but yeah, overall that looks like a yeah, I mean, I'd love to see you drop some points in that four, but three of them are home fixtures. I fear it unlikely. Yeah, well, it's, the only thing that could um, that could cause upsets is the fact that we seem to be losing defenders left, right, and centre. Uh, we sent Klein on uh, on loan to Bournemouth, and since then, uh, I think we've had three injuries. Um, so Lovren, well, currently Lovren, Gomez, uh, and Trent are all out. Uh, Fabinho deputised there in uh, against Brighton. And, uh, and looked looked okay, looked decent, looked decent against Wolves as well. Um, but yeah, you'd you'd fancy a bigger tester to come on on that front. Um, and I suppose it relies on Big Van Dyke carrying the uh, carrying the whole defence, which he's done a pretty good job of uh, so far this year. Um, yeah, one of mm. yeah probably the first defender on the team sheet for a uh, team of the year at the moment, isn't he? So. Um, yeah, yeah, the fullbacks interesting. No, the, who is who is your backup right back now? That is, is that where Fabinho played, or did he play centre back? Didn't he? Who? Yeah, he played centre back, so it probably end up. Um, well, <laughs> whether we put Milner there or we throw Moreno over the other side, um, the young lad from uh, from Holland, who is um, Hoover, who played in the uh, the Wolves game, apparently when Klein was sent on loan, uh, he was the reason. Um, Jürgen sent him on loan because he, he trusted this lad but he is only 16 um, so putting a lot of faith into a, to a very young lad um, yeah I mean I was quite rated yeah, under Nathaniel Klein as well not a well beater but um, a, good, a good solid premiership right back and, and certainly a, a good backup right back at a top team um, and yeah got, got he never, his career's never really taken off of you but still to um, to send him back in on loan so perhaps a bit short sighted now yeah, quite possibly. I mean, I think um, one thing Jürgen has been over the last couple of seasons, he he doesn't like players just rotting in the squad. Um, and, and, and by all accounts, people like Joe Allen were banging on his door saying, you know, if you're not playing, can I have, go and have game time elsewhere? And he's uh, he was supportive of that, um, perhaps to our detriment. But he's still got Camacho as well on that side. So um, there are a few players who, who could, you know, obviously youngsters, but could deputise. Um but we'll see. And if Lovren comes back, then uh, well, Gomez isn't far back either. So uh, Lovren and Gomez to come back, and one of them could uh, could fill in. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see uh, see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, you, you mentioned Man United being a, a tougher game. Um, they were the team that we uh, we wrote off uh, about a month ago and said they were probably the best of the rest. Oh no, in fact, we, we said they weren't the best of the rest. We uh, we thought that they were they were just floundering, and then they got rid of uh, Jose and. Now they've uh, they've caught up Arsenal. They they've clawed back an 11 point. I, I read somewhere it was an 11 point gap they had on Arsenal, um, and then Arsenal played a, a run of fixtures that included Huddersfield, Brighton, West Ham, Liverpool, uh, and s- somebody else as well. Uh, and over that time, United clawed back that 11 point uh, point deficit. Tough run, tough run. But we we did say I think last time we spoke that um, 
Ole had had the uh, perfect set of fixtures and to um, to get ease him into the job really, but we hadn't seen him in a big test yet. And uh, thanks to the Spanish wall, he came through his first one, um, <laughs> probably with flying colours really. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a one man one man show, wasn't it? Uh, I think that's slightly unfair. In the first, I think United in the first half had a very good game plan uh, of, a, of a rapid counter attack, and I think they probably caught. I think most, nearly all the saves came second half. Uh, I think the first half mm. they were probably the better team and probably good value. They just set up to use pace, and Spurs just seemed to constantly push up and kind of fall into the trap. Really, um, yeah, you think of Spurs as quite a solid side, but they seem to just push up, push up. Sorry, um, regularly and probably a bit too much, and then. Uh, yeah, Rashford uh, took his goal very well, um, but then yeah, second half, uh, Spurs really started getting on top, and then yeah, just save after save. I think quite a few people have said they were straight at him. I don't think they all were, and I think he he splays his legs out so quickly and so well that he he, he seems to always be in the right position, um, mm. and he's he, he, he's just tremendous to hair, isn't he? He's just <laughs> very 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 good keeper. He is, and he he'd not had a great season um, by his standards in terms of he he'd not had any many games where he was the clear man of the match um, which uh, over the last few years I mean, he, I think he's been their player of the year for two or three seasons on the bounce um, except when Scott McTominay got involved uh, under, under Jose um, but, uh, but yeah he's been the, their player of the year for a long time and he, he tends to have a few games of the season where he's just outstanding and that probably hadn't really happened this season he'd have made a couple of good saves here and there but not really won them a game as such um, and indeed couple of times almost cost them games but um but yeah this uh spurs i mean it yeah it, it probably was just second half mainly but he was um it was just outstanding wasn't it like you say may as well had a brick wall and goal yeah um but uh yeah bad, bad result for for spurs at home uh well they're i say a temporary home that's turned into quite a permanent one isn't it um yeah let's put them yeah i mean we probably thought they're out of title race anyway but they're now nine points off you um Still not drawn this oh, yeah. season, Spurs. Sixteen wins yeah, and six, say, loss, they, six losses. Not a draw there. No, they, they don't draw many. That's. Um, I, I think that's impressive. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what I think about it really, but. Um, but yeah, it's uh, certainly a bit bizarre that they haven't, uh, haven't drawn any. Yeah, no, they've um, let. A, I mean, yeah, they've let. A, I wouldn't say a resurgent Chelsea team because I don't think they were that great at the weekend against Newcastle. They probably snuck through, but they've let them back to within a point. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. Spurs forty-eight, Chelsea forty-seven, and then Arsenal and United both uh, six, six back on forty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, the top four is looking reasonably settled. But if United could keep up this form, they could. Um, I think Spurs and Chelsea are both both drop points. Yeah, you, you never know if United can keep up this run. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, City. They I mean they don't have a bad little run either. They've got Huddersfield, uh, Newcastle both away, and then they've they've got a couple of harder fixtures. To be fair, they've got Arsenal and Chelsea both at home though, and. You, yeah, you probably think they're a bit too good for both of those sides. You'd fancy 12 points again for the City there, wouldn't you, out of those four? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think your run's probably easier. Um, but, yeah, I think I think City will handle Arsenal fairly comfortably and probably Chelsea too. Uh, um, yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, I think the top four's looking reasonably set, really, and it's it's probably a battle for third and fourth and then a battle for first and second. Um, two, two separate battles, really, I think. But at least, uh, at least one battle we do have on our hands is uh, the relegation battle. Uh, that seems to be, well, anyone's guess. Um, Huddersfield got rid of uh, rid of Wagner in, earlier in the week. Um, 
don't know whether apparently dis, uh, Big Sam's distanced himself from the job. Oh, shame. But, I uh, want to see him back. Yeah, but um, they're already eight points adrift, yeah. aren't they? Uh, yes, it, it looks like them and two others, doesn't it? But it could be any two of well. Oh, up to even, even Palace. Uh, Palace are on 22, which is only three points clear of the relegation. Brighton 26, a bit of a gap, but they can still get dragged back into that. But yeah, mm. Palace 22, Burnley 21, Southampton and Cardiff 19, and then the relegation is Newcastle 18, Fulham 14, and Huddersfield 11. Um, yeah, there's not really been a Ranieri bounce for Fulham, has there? Um, then uh, no. Newcastle, nice, uh, nice cup win yesterday for them, which uh, delayed us bringing you the pod yesterday. I was watching my mighty Blackburn get beat. Um, but yeah, that's and if we just do, if, if we just share the story to show your commitment to Blackburn, uh, we were going to record the podcast yesterday until I'd say early evening yesterday. You uh, you realised that uh, Blackburn were actually on telly and you didn't want to interrupt the. Well, you actually realised Blackburn were playing for the starters. Yeah, I had it written in my diary that we were playing on Friday, which I thought was an unusual game. But like, they do do some cup games on Friday. I thought re- replay's a bit odd, but I know I'd written in my diary and everything thought I was in organised, and then. Look on Sky Sports at about six, see, uh, seven o'clock, and it's like Blackburn v Newcastle live. And I thought it's probably not for Friday, that is it? And uh, <laughs> suddenly I was yeah watching my team uh, lose. But uh, your game, so we've been sidetracked with Blackburn chat. Never the one you want. Um, well, if you want, if you do want to just drop into the championship for the moment, uh, one of the big stories over the weekend was uh, was Spygate between Leeds and Derby. Lovely segue, Gareth. Uh, lovely segue. Yeah, I thought so. Um, but yeah, Leeds. Sent a man to spy on uh, Derby's training session, um, and I don't know what you feel about. Well, uh, yeah, what do you feel about it? Like this whole Spygate thing. Yeah, I didn't really give much of a toss, if I'm honest. Um, I, I couldn't couldn't find myself motivated to to care loads. It's not ideal, um, a bit odd, but I kind of I kind of feel that's up for a club to manage. And if if someone can just watch from the side, then you know, if a man and his dog can watch, then you're probably not that secure. And I think they. City used to have this issue, didn't they? They had a path running near them. Um, yeah, they, they they ripped down, they planted some trees apparently, and then the trees weren't tall enough, so they ripped those trees down. And put them <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but it just, yeah, uh, it's not ideal. But I think if, if if anyone's available to do it, then then I'm not sure. I'm not sure that yeah, you do it really, and just have a, have a little gander. Um, and it's. This isn't like a non-league club doing it. This is a championship club, and, and Leeds, um, Leeds and Derby, are both both pretty big teams with, with quite storied histories. You'd think they'd probably got enough money and uh, just staff around to sort of keep an eye on these. Well, obviously they did because they caught them. But yeah, I just I just couldn't couldn't find myself that motivated to be outraged. Not not ideal. I don't think it's great, but I'm not not horrified on a, about what the BL's away. Yeah, I'm I'm even less sympathetic than you. I think um, I think it's just a load of rubbish. Why can't people go and watch? Although, like you say, if they're there to be watched, then why can't people go and go and watch them? Um, thinking back for for uh, Liverpool at Melwood, you just you see you see loads of um, the wheelie bins lined up um, from the houses the other side of the road to the uh, to the gra- uh, to the training facility, and all the people, these young lads, but standing on wheelie bins to look over the wall. Um, if you want to do something in secret, go in, go inside and do it. Um, what, what, what are they going to gain from, from it anyway? I think it's, it's been mentioned a few times, but all the analysis that's available now to, to watch, I mean, Leeds could have watched Derby a thousand times over um, just from this season and, and picked out loads of issues or loads of tactics that they could employ and, um, or weaknesses in Derby's setup. Um, and I just, I just think it's just a load of nonsense. 
Um, and, to be, and to be fair to Frank, although, he, although uh, Frank Lampard mentioned it, the Derby manager afterwards, um, he then did quickly say that it was an excuse for their 2 0 loss. But, um, Derby got the, like, the police involved, didn't they? And I think it's just a lot of rubbish. Although I did see uh, some very funny um, pictures of Leeds fans dressed up. Uh, with binoculars uh, looking over at the uh, the Derby fans uh, when they were playing. Uh, Are you seeing uh, Bielsa stay is completely unrepentant as well, saying they've been spying on lots of other teams and just, yeah, it's just what he does. <laughs> he, uh, I think Bielsa's superb and, and he's one of the more, uh, by all accounts, one of the more influential managers of recent times. You know, the likes of uh, Pep have, have said how, how um, mm. you know, influential his, you know, his pressing style and all out style and he. You always turn leads around well this season, haven't they? They're still riding high. Mm. Um, yeah, I just just thought it was not. Oh yeah, like you say, not 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 really a gate, a spy gate. But yeah, I just I couldn't find myself to be too too bothered about. So if we got spy gate without the gate, we've just called it spy, then we? Yeah, or gate maybe 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 maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Derby should put up a gate around their um you know, around their training ground <laughs> and just see where it goes. Um, quite a tall one. Or some or some trees that grow a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's no real proper segue onto uh, onto a different sport, but having having discussed uh, the championship now and and, uh, and the Premier League, uh, if we just move on to rugby, um, it's still well, it's an important part of the season for the club rugby season. Uh, we're in, in the middle of uh, the last two European games, so uh, so what's been going on, Jono? Uh The big boys are. Uh... Being the big boys, really. Um, yeah, Sarri's are uh, top seed and have got a home fixture against Glasgow this weekend, which you, you'd expect them to win, which should confirm them as, as number one seed. Um, yeah, they, they won a pretty convincing fashion away at Leon. Um, Rass, they're clo- closely followed by Rass in 92, um, who actually got beat by Ulster at the weekend in quite a good game, mm-hmm. but um, they're on 21 points. What? Um, and that was a that was that was a very tight game, wasn't it? Twenty six, twenty two, was it? Yeah, it was. Um, it, yeah, it was late. Uh, late Ulster penalty, wasn't it? Put clear, four free clear, uh, four clear even. Um, yeah, they were one point clear, and they got a penalty just in front of. Well, it was, it was a fairly difficult penalty um, in the last uh, last minute or so, and that, that sealed the win. But Ulster put themselves right back in it. Yeah, I mean they're in they're in seventh seed position. I mean at eighteen points, they've got the the tricky uh, or the the mammoth task of going to Leicester next week. A Leicester side with nothing to play for and winning there to probably consolidate themselves. Racing have got uh, Clefley, haven't they? So they should should definitely not be in tough. It, uh, this, it'd be tough to see Saris or Racing not can keep their, keep their places. And they're they're both closely followed by Leinster, who uh, after a, a loss against Toulouse and wondered if it had uh, slowed them down. We, minus uh, their best player Johnny Sexton, they still. Uh, roll past uh, Toulouse at home very comfortably. Um, yeah, I watched that. I was hoping it'd be a bit of a battle, but it wasn't. Um, a resurgent Toulouse as well. Toulouse have been very good this season. Yeah, well, and they've dropped from, uh, I think they were second or third seed last week, and they're now down in eighth, um, needing to win mm. to, to guarantee themselves. I mean, you'd think Glasgow will probably lose to Saracens, so you, you've probably got that. They'll probably could jump above them with a win. Um, but then... Yeah, probably the, the biggest tie of the weekend coming up. The one that could really shake things up is uh, Munster. My Exeter have got to go and uh, win at the fabled Toman Park. It's only been done, yeah. only been done twice before in uh, Heineken Champions Cup history. Uh, Are you going to tell me one of those was left? Oh, I am. We were the first team to win there. Broke, broke the duck. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Exeter, uh, Exeter look better. Watch them. Um, yeah, dust off. Uh, forget who they played. Who they dust off? Uh, they dusted someone off very handily. 
Uh, Castro, sorry, the French team gave them a bit of a beating. Yeah, but um, if if they win in uh, Munster, uh, I think they might need to win. They will need to win and deny Munster a bonus point though, because they're uh, Munster are four points clear of them. And they probably yeah probably need to win by a few points to get the. Uh, but yeah, uh, well yeah it'll be head to head. So they, the first game was a draw, but that's probably the game of the weekend. It's quite exciting how it works in the European rugby, isn't it? There's, there's five groups, um, and to go into the quarterfinals, they basically it's the, the top team from each group, and then three best placed uh, second places. Um, but it's done on how many points they acquire in their group. Um, yeah, and then um, they're, they're basically listed one to eight, aren't they? And the, the top four have the home ties, and then the, the second four have the have the away ties. Yeah, it gets a bit more complex after that because if uh, one of the away sides win, then they get uh, the the semi final, then comes to their home nation. Um, in certain cases, depending on which seed they're meant to play, so it all gets a bit complicated. But I mean, the quarterfinals are actually at the side, whereas the semis tend to are, are a couple of neutral venues. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's probably looking like you'd think um, at the moment it'd be Saris be. I can see Sarri's getting Glasgow again. To be honest, I think uh, I think Glasgow could end up and could probably end up at. Well, it could be Sarri's Montpellier. Then Montpellier uh, turn themselves around, mm-hmm. and then Racing probably maybe Racing to lose. Um, yeah. Leinster could get uh, could have Munster could have yeah yeah Edinburgh possibly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's looking like some some belting ties, but I think. Yeah, um, the the Irish and the French roll on, and fair play to the Scots. Looks like they could very easily have two sides going going on, um, which is the first time for them. Um, they've I think yeah. they've only had three court finalists ever, so to have two at once is quite some achievement. And uh, just us English, uh, right? We've got one very good side in Saris, but uh, to only have two sides potentially going through into the last last week is is pretty poor. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, not not. Uh, not a good reflection on the English uh, game in Europe, really. We, we were dominating a few years ago. Yeah, and the, and the Welsh have decided to give it a miss this year. <laughs> just, um, just, uh, just didn't want to take part, did they? Yeah, it did well last year with Scarlets, but this year, uh, yeah. Well, uh, talking of Scarlets, actually, in um, the one dead rubber game of the uh, the week involved Scarlets and your team, Leicester. Um, Scarlets are really struggling uh, with their team. A few injuries at the moment, particularly on the back row. So they asked, uh, well, they placed Mr. Ken Owens, who uh, who's the hooker. Normally, he's normally on the front row of the scrum, uh, plays number, plays number two. They asked him to play number eight, uh, which is a big shot, um, and he performed incredibly. Uh, scored a try and got man of the match. So <laughs> he uh, he did very well for himself, didn't he? Yeah, and with uh, with Toby Fanatow, your uh, usual number eight for Wales, picking up a broken arm yesterday. Is, is Ken the man to uh, sort out your uh, number eight issues? Well, apparently Gatlin's emphatically said no um, when asked in the press conference uh, yesterday. But, but, uh, but yeah, you, you do wonder. And it, it, I suppose, it, seriously, it's a, it's a decent option on the field now if, if there are any issue, issues with injuries. And, uh, we know that Owens can, uh, can just drop into there. But, um, but yeah, very impressive to, uh, to just slot into a completely different uh, position and not only um, do OK there, but, uh, but actually get man of the match as well. That was, that was very impressive. Um, and yeah, probably next week we'll we'll look at all the uh, how the quarterfinals match up and try and predict our um, what's going to happen moving forward. Just before that, Gareth, just go. If you're going to pick a winner now, where would you go? Um, well, the, the obvious ones are Leinster or Saris. Um, 
Leinster just I say they dropped uh, well Sexton wasn't playing and they still they still uh, didn't have any issues um, they, Leinster just got strength and depth all over it's, it's effectively the Irish team isn't it um, and they just have seem to have produced youngsters all over the park um, they played uh, when it was the Autumn Internationals they had a very depleted side they went over and played a pretty strong Dragon side and put 50 points on them um, they just uh, they seem to have numbers everywhere um, and the boys that are coming through are just just, just seem just as good as the ones that are at the old guard that are uh, leaving um, so yeah having sat on the fence I'll probably just stick with Leicester uh, Leinster <laughs> yep uh, I'll go. I'll go. Sarries. I think they're uh, they're looking resurgent, and um, after making an absolute meal of the groups last year, which meant they had to go away to Leinster in the quarters and, and get beat, um, they've they've bossed the group this year. Um, yeah, not lost yet, and uh, a home fixture to finish off with. So you you think they'll be six out of six, which is no mean mm. no mean achievement. Um, it's not no, not the most fierce group there, to be fair. But you could you could you could see them winning, losing one away game somewhere. Um, mm. And yeah, I think uh, I think Saris Leinster's probably a dream final. Racing fans in France. I don't know how many listeners we've got in uh, Paris yet, but they might be upset with us. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think that's probably the dream one. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll bat Leinster. Okay. No, sorry, Saris. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You can you can bat Leinster. Very good. Um, okay, moving on to boxing. Um, we've had a. We've got an exciting year ahead of us with some um, some big hitters in, well, in most divisions actually. There's some big fights coming up, um, but the uh, the one that was announced earlier this week was Amir Khan uh, to fight Terence Crawford. Is uh, question to you, Jano? Is is Amir Khan just doing anything to avoid Kell Brook? Emphatically, Gareth, no. With this one, uh, I think in the past he has, but uh, I don't see how. I mean, if you, I don't know if you've seen much Terence Crawford, but he's, he's an absolute wizard. Um, if, if Lomachenko mm. wasn't around, he'd, he'd probably be the pound for pound number one in the world. He's a serious, serious fighter, and he's not a huge name because he fights out of Nebraska, uh, not not the biggest of the American states uh, or the or the biggest name. Um, but he, he he's an absolute wizard and, and he's dominant. And um, yeah, generally will outbox a fighter and then finish him late. Uh, he just yeah he doesn't he just goes up yeah he's just class um, and he and I mean, Going on to take him, I think he's a, a far, far stiffer challenge than Kell Brook would be. Um, but it, but isn't that the point though? Brook, there's no way that uh, Amir Khan's going to beat Crawford. Not a chance. Um, he's just going there. I don't know what for a payday and a beat up, like he did with Canelo. Um, he's probably on less money. But, uh, he's probably on less money than he is fighting Brook though. So he's what he's going just to just to run away from Brook. So what? what so why would you? Why would you go? Why would you go against someone who's better and more likely to give you a beat down than Brookwood? I, well, I don't know because he's avoiding Brook. It, it, it'd be more. He's not. It's the embarrassment, isn't it? After everything that he said, it's the embarrassment if he loses to Brook, which I think he will, and I think he he thinks he will because he's avoided Brook for for a long time now. Uh, if he loses to Brook, then he's, he's that's it. That's it. Finish, isn't it? Um, if he loses to Crawford, then he can. He's still got the the. the um, the Brook fight at some point, although how much longer that will happen, I don't know. Uh, I just think, I just think there's no, he's, there's no hope of him beating Crawford. Um, so when he when he loses to Crawford, he's then he's then going to come crawling back to Brook and ask for a fight. I won't, I won't think he's crawling back. I don't, I don't, where's Brook going? What, I mean, what's Brook going to? Who's he? Well, yeah, Brook's got nowhere to go. But the next thing for Brook is probably to retire, isn't it? 
he probably just wants one last payday, beat up uh, beat up Khan in a, in a fight that a lot of British fans will want to see, probably less than what it was a couple of years ago, but still a lot of fans will want to see. That's still, that's still, yeah, we'll still watch that in six months' time if, if Khan does presumably go over, but I don't see how he's avoiding him by fighting someone a lot better than him, who he's probably going to get beat by, and he's a far bigger challenge, don't I don't see that as avoiding. I think he's um, he's probably having his his last go at, uh, at an elite level, and then he comes back to Brook, who who's world class, but but not elite elite. Um, mm. I think I think Khan once again is, and if you look through his, his record, he's he's got a, a pretty story. He's not really ducked anyone, Khan, apart from Brook, if you want to say that. And I think it's more with him. He knows that he's he's the bigger name of the two, and, and that fight's always there, um, and it, and it still will be in yeah. six months' time. I think. Fair play to him. I think he's taking on a serious challenge of Crawford, and if he loses, he loses. Um, but um, yeah. But, but that's that's it. I mean, it's, I mean, it'd be one of the, the massive upset if Khan uh, did somehow manage to beat Crawford. It's, it's just not going to happen, is it? No, I think it's very unlikely. But I'm, I'm still still think props that he's been putting himself out there, and it, it needs to be fair. He's he's yeah. got the name to. I mean, that's probably why Crawford wants to fight Khan. Is is a big name who's probably not the most the biggest stuff. Yeah, the stiffest challenge for him. So mm. you know, Khan does have a pretty reasonable following in America from some you know belting fights he's had over there. He's he's taken on some big boys like Canelo, but he also when he beat Madonna, it was one of the fights of the years over there. Um, yeah, it's it's annoying. I, don't get me wrong. I'd rather watch Khan Brook than I would Khan Crawford. But I, I think uh, I. I yeah, I don't think this is about avoiding Brook as such. I think he's he's putting himself out there against a very stiff challenge, and I think I think you know he's arrogant, but um, but I think it's probably true that the the Brook fight's always there for yeah, always you know there for another year or so, and I think if they want to make that as the uh, one of the bigger autumn fights. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll happily tune in. Mm, uh, yeah, but I, I do. So I do very much hope it happens one day. And if 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 the Crawford fight stops it, that'd be annoying, but. Um, yeah, good luck, Khan, because you'll uh, <laughs> you'll need it against uh, against Crawford. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of other fights that are coming up: uh, the Gale Eubank. Which way do you see that going? Uh, I'm I'm Team Chunky all the way. I've always been a big De Gale fan. Back from back in the Olympic days, I've always thought he's got a quite a cocky, uh, funny sort of arrogance that I've always enjoyed. Whenever I hit see him or hear him talking, I've always enjoyed the uh, Gale, the cut of the Gale's jib. Can't say the same about young Eubank Junior. Um, no. I find him uh, very annoying and just yeah, yeah. A hype job's probably a bit unfair because he, he does um, he does like a scrap and he does um, does definitely go in for a fight. But the more I hear about him, the more he just he's you know he's changed trainers again and he's got another decent name in. But he, you know, he's he's gone back and said that he's never been trained before and it's just every every fight or every new fight that's upcoming is a different excuse for a different reason why it's going to be different this time. And I think he's probably. A good fighter, probably uh, European to maybe 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 win a world title somewhere. But I don't think he's he's a you know a proper world level fighter, Eubank. And I think De Gale, um I, I worry he's probably a bit past his best. And I think the bad he's not been the same since the Badu Jack fight that he, he really should have won mm-hmm. if he just kept out of the way of Jack for the last round. Um, but I think he should be too skilled and have too much. And he you know he should be the bigger man. Being a he's been there always uh, all his boxing career, whereas. Uh, you know, Eubanks coming out has come up, you know, the last year into the super middleweight. So I think the Gale probably beats him on points, but he, he wants to be clever and, and the the Gale usually starts out like a train and just run, you know, uses his skills to dance around someone for six rounds, and then he just kind of switches off and lets it become a fight. Whereas Eubank, he's probably opposite. He gets danced around for a little while and then he comes on strong and tries to turn it into a bit of a war. So the Gale needs to the Gale needs to smart fight uh, needs to fight smart to put him away, but. 
Um, mm. he, he should be he should, he should be capable of that. I think he's the more skilled, um, more capable fighter. Yeah, I, mean, I can't say I'm a massive fan of either, but um, but I, you know, I definitely want the Gales to win. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think this this is I mean, it's been built as uh, which I think the Gales said that whichever fighter loses uh, probably has to retire. Um, I think the Gales probably close to retiring, whichever whether he wins or not. Uh, there's probably still a couple of fights left um, left for him. Yeah, probably um, probably want to try and grab uh, grab George Groves one last time for again, which is yeah. Daryl's entertaining to watch uh, spar in the press. Um, and I'd like to see that if he can beat Eubank. But yeah, I think the, I mean DeGale gave up his world title, didn't he? Rather than fight mandatories, which yeah. was, was a shame. But um, you know, he's um, he's he's had by far the better career, and it's just how much he's got left. Mm. Um, he's I mean, it's same. He's talked, you know, say Eubank makes excuses. DeGale's talked a lot about injuries recently. Well. We'll see if that's true. True. Shoulder and Achilles and all sorts. Of yeah, I mean, yeah, his teeth smashed um, in against Jack. Um, <laughs> his yeah. mouth was missing for a little while, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Come February the twenty third. Uh, but there's a, a another fight coming this weekend, isn't there, Gareth? Yeah, um, Pac-Man against uh, Broner. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I, uh, the, 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 the two, uh, the two big names, aren't they? Um, Undoubtedly, um, I, I mean, I thought Broner was potentially the heir to uh, Floyd when I first saw him. I thought, wow, this guy's good. good. I think it, I think that was a problem. He thought that as well, didn't he? He did. Um, yeah, and he's um, he's become just a, a more and more troubled uh, <laughs> troubled fighter, hasn't he? The more he's gone along, he's um, he's undoubtedly skilled. Mm. I mean, we're talking about a bloke who's won, I think, four titles in four weights. Um, but mm. um, I was hearing someone say the other day he's never actually uh, taken a title off someone. He's always fought for vacant titles, or yeah, yeah, and. Um, Whenever he's got into deep water, he's, um, yeah, I mean, we watched him against Mikey Garcia recently. He just he didn't really, he sort of looked like he was beat from the opening bell. But all accounts, he doesn't train properly, he doesn't work that hard, he gets himself in trouble in and out of the ring with the law. Um, and yeah, generally, I mean, Floyd is, is a clown, but uh, there's no doubt that Floyd has always uh, worked incredibly hard as a boxer. And there's stories of him, mm. he'll ring up his team and go out at two in the morning to start training just because he feels like it, whereas Broner. He's still out at two in the morning, um, and, um, and and does doesn't come home and train. So, um, Pacquiao is obviously the yeah definitely on the decline in his career, but I think he he probably prob- forty now, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he- he's. I think he's yeah. up. He's up for. A, he can be a president of the uh, Philippines now, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that past him. Yeah. Um, he, apparently, he has to be forty to be president in the Philippines. Um, so now he's hit that management age range, and um, yeah, I've got no doubt he'll probably get that. Um, that, that that job in due course, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean uh, Pacquiao is the opposite of Broner and, and Eubank and even DeGale's agree. Pacquiao's kind of loved by all, isn't he? Um, mm. All right, he's lost a few fights recently. He's not what he was, but he um, he's still a very popular fighter. He comes to fight. He comes. He brings it, you know action in a way that Mayweather never did, uh, and comes across mm. as a very nice guy from uh, you know very humble beginnings. So um, yeah, I'd like to see him give Broner a bit of a battering. But I think what he probably does is just outworks Broner over twelve rounds. Um, Pacquiao doesn't finish fighters like he used to. He's only had one. His last fight was it was the first stoppage in about ten fights. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think Pacquiao probably probably beats him on points, and um, yeah, Broner makes more excuses, and um, yeah. Pacquiao gets his uh, election campaign going in the post-fight interview. Or does does uh, Pacquiao see this as a stepping stone back to uh, Mayweather? Yeah, I mean, I see they mention it. I've got, I've got no interest in that fight. When I say no interest, I probably still watch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that you. Can... <laughs> That is exactly what they want, though. But I would say I would probably call that interest. Yeah, I, uh, 
I, I, I don't know if I pay for it. I'd reckon I probably might try and get up a dodgy stream the next morning. <laughs> I just, uh, I was so so excited for the first one, and then when you watched it, it was just like, ah, oh, mm, yeah, maybe. It was about five years too late, wasn't it? It was, yeah. If, if you'd have seen him a few years before, it would have been belting, but uh, but we didn't. Um, and so yeah, I just that yeah that one does. I, but Floyd doesn't interest me particularly anymore. I see he managed to get paid nine million to for about two minutes work against some Japanese lad on New Year's Day. Fair play yeah. to him. He, he knows how to make money, but I, yeah, I mean, I think mm. if Floyd wanted to come back and fight, uh, well, he'd have to drop a bit of weight, but fight one of the the likes of uh, a Porter or a Crawford, um, not a, sorry, a Crawford or a Spence, um, that would be mm. bloody interesting. But I don't think he wants to go anywhere near anyone that good now. He just wants to, as he always did, wants to handpick opponents. So yeah, yeah. I mean Pacquiao. Um, yeah, I've got, I don't think it's long before he retires and um, a great career we, we can celebrate. But yeah, he'll, um, I hope he doesn't. Doesn't get by, uh, beat by Broner this weekend. Um, and then uh, the only other fight on the horizons, uh, Spence and Garcia. Yeah, that will be uh, that will be some fight. Um, that that is a big one. I think uh, there, there's a lot of talk of uh, Spence, Spence Crawford, and maybe that's what Spence is looking to. I see he can beat Garcia and uh, Crawford beat Khan, but I think Crawford's got the better end of the deal there because. All right, Garcia is coming up in weight, so suspense is probably bigger and probably a bit too ferocious. The guy that um, the guy that tore up Kilbrook over eleven rounds is um, is mm. no mean fight, but uh, but yeah, Garcia, you know he yeah well yeah he fought Broner recently and, and gave him a bit of a beating, and uh, I think I probably I think yeah. I'd probably rather see Garcia Lomachenko. I think that might be a, a bit more interesting in terms of Garcia would then be the bigger man and how good can Vassil deal with that, but. Uh, but still, yeah, I think Spence probably wins that just from being a bit bigger and a bit stronger. But but Garcia is very handy. Yeah. Looks like a. I assume that fight then would would pique your interest to the point of paying for. It. Yeah, I feel like they're not that big of names, so I might get away on one of these. Uh, maybe on the new ITV deal that uh, as Al Heyman comes and <laughs> comes and tries to take Eddie's territory. Um, as we're talking of America, um, the like I said earlier, the barmaid. Uh, was a was a Jackson from uh, not from Jackson but from Milwaukee. Was yeah. Uh, who came up came up with the the barmaid question, Jana? What was that this week? Jackson wanted to know Gareth what our opinion was about the uh, the much vaunted, the much talked about, the much debated European Super League. What do you, what do we think of the idea of the European Super League? A uh, load of rubbish. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I do. I just. I think in theory and on FIFA and um, places like that, it'll be a, it's a great idea. It's um, lots of big teams playing each other, and um, so the idea that you'd have the the, the best teams from uh, Spain, Germany, Italy, England, um, yeah, all playing each other. You know, in theory, it's uh, it sounds wonderful, um, but I think in reality, it's uh, it's a it's just a bad idea. Um, it's just making the rich clubs richer. Um, it's it'll weaken the the domestic leagues. Uh, I don't think I think the, the novelty of it will will wear off pretty quickly, um, especially when there's fans of teams who think they should be in the uh, the elite team uh, the elite league. And um, will they really switch in on to see uh, two teams um, play that you know they wish they were there? So if, like for example, would um, Man United fans switch on to watch uh, Liverpool play? Uh, Real Madrid in a league game, and you know when they United fans will probably see themselves as being at the top table, or, or you know whoever whoever misses out, I don't I don't really see it um, grabbing their attention too much after the initial uh, novelty of it. 
and then when it does go when it does become a a bit of a, a bit of a mess um i don't see the leagues letting the uh, those teams back in so I, personally i think it's a bad bad idea all round your opinion you say that gareth um and I, to be fair, I'm not a fan of a big big club. Uh, I suppose I'm part of some Arsenal fan. They might squeak in there. Uh, <laughs> they play in London, I suppose. But uh, are you saying it wouldn't be absolutely brilliant every weekend to watch, I don't know, City Bayern and then it's Barcelona v Juventus and then the next weekend we've got Chelsea v Real Madrid and then Borussia Dortmund v Spurs. OK, we watch that one every year, actually, in the Champions League. Not the best example. but uh, <laughs> And then we've got AC Milan v Liverpool. I mean, it's just... Massive game after massive game. That that sounds quite fun. Why why would that why would that novelty wear off? I guess we enjoy the Champions League every year, and that's kind of the same thing with a few shit teams in there. What why why would it be a what's what's the novelty? Are you are you what yeah. you, you sound like you're more talking on a a fairness perspective on what it do to the, to the the, uh, the the leagues in those countries? Are you saying the, prim, the I, Premiership would become a, a bit of a joke? Is that what you meaning or sort of? Yeah, but also I think from a local point of view. Um, Champions League nights are great on the likes and when it's um, when it's the big teams or the big games, um, Dortmund coming or, or Madrid or whoever it is, little PSG coming coming to Anfield. But to have that every week, um, yeah, I, I just don't think it, I just think the novelty would wear off. And then the so you you have a, a league system. Um, do you then have a, a cup competition within those elite because everyone else has ditched them uh, in their own domestic leagues? Um, and then you have, well, what happens to the Champions League? Cause it's you know. It, I just think, I just think it's a bad idea. Um, I, I don't. I think it would be great for a season, a one-off, um, but I, I wouldn't want to see it every year. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I probably agree with you, but and, uh, mainly because I, I enjoy our league and I think it's great. And I think a lot of <laughs> a lot of Europe has been trying to work out how the Premiership is so successful, and um, we've been trying to work out why our international team isn't better. Probably because only about twelve. English players play in the Premier League, um, but uh, but yeah, it would it would definitely be fun for a little while uh, the European Super League. But yeah, I mean, your overall your point about the rich getting richer that they do that anyway, and they're trying to do more and more of that, aren't they? To try and I mean, that's mm. what this is all about. The, the 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 clubs are trying to grab. I mean, in England certainly, the big clubs are trying to grab more of the international slice of the pie. Um, and while I can see their argument that people in the states, China, and stuff aren't aren't tuning in to watch Cardiff v Huddersfield. Um, you know they're owned by. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's going to be tuning in to watch Cardiff uh, from the rest of the world after uh, Warnock's comments over the weekend. Brexit means Brexit, Gareth, or, or no, it doesn't after yesterday's <laughs> vote. But yeah, let's let's uh, we're a response podcast, Gareth. Let's, let's not get off topic. Uh, yeah, we'll stay away from that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, while I can see Liverpool, City, United's argument, yeah, they don't, they don't need any help making more money. So, uh, no, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting shout, and uh, yeah, very good question, Jackson. But um, I think I'll probably probably can live with the Champions League, uh, and then a bigger competition, of course, the Nations Cup uh, in national. That's, I mean, that's the real competition they all want to win now, isn't it, Gareth? Apparently so. Apparently so. Um, yeah, you got Netherlands next, haven't you? In the uh, semi-final. Yes, uh, I think tickets come out at the end of this month. Uh, I might, might have a peruse. Yeah. Um, I just so I'm just going to draw our podcast to an end. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, we'll be um, poor, poor people have to listen to us for over an hour. Um, there's a few things, other things we're probably going to discuss as we uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, we look forward to the the sport this year. We've covered a bit of the boxing. Um, there's probably more boxing to cover. 
there's cycling to uh, to cover, which uh, which looks exciting again this year for if you're a cycling fan. Um, which me and Gareth both are. We we enjoy our grand tours, don't we? Um, I think that, we do enjoy our grand tours. Uh, yeah. Although I did hear I did uh, hear a, a funny story about uh, there's already been a, a doping scandal in uh, in cycling. Um, somebody in America in a race, uh, you know, so this year, um, a couple of days ago, uh, who was caught uh, with two substances in his body uh, after competing in a in a local race. Um, the only caveat to this uh, this story is that the fellow was competing in the ninety to ninety four category, <laughs> oh, lad. Um, of, of which he was the only competitor. <laughs> Uh, so, um, to be fair, if you're, if you're doing cycling competitions at night, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all, about, all about you using drugs. If you need them to get through, <laughs> you know, fair play. Um, I think, uh, well, I think you're you... probably not worrying about your uh, your sperm count and the, off, off the steroids at 90, are you? Um, I mean, I, I'd hope not, but I mean, maybe this bloke's good. Sounds like he's got a bit of vitality about him if he's still doing cycling at he night. Does, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, to do it as the only competitor, um, I would suggest it probably wasn't on purpose. Um, he did. I think one of the excuses was. Um, was, uh, was one of Canelo's excuses about a dodgy stake in Mexico. You sure? Um, you sure he wasn't? You know, he'd heard probably a big cycling fan and read a lot about it and thought, you know, he'd heard that the team Skyway was to take drugs, so maybe he was trying to get in, uh, <laughs> trying to get in them quickly before they close up shop next year. I think you're confusing Team Sky with uh, Brad's bad boys, uh, Bradley Wiggins and the crew. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean the one who actually fouled a drugs, Chris, Chris Froome. It was all a lie, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, we're not getting into that now. Otherwise, we'll never, never finish. Um, but yeah, there's tennis to look forward to. We'll probably need to have a chat about uh, Andy Murray. Um, yeah, he's um, yeah. I mean, probably when we got a bit more time, we can. So sadly, went out of the Australian Open at the first hurdle in one of his uh, usual mammoth five setters, didn't he? Um, but mm. perhaps, uh, perhaps on a, a subsequent show, we'll give a bit more thought to Andy Murray and his place in uh, the pantheon of of tennis and, and Brit- all British sport as a whole, really. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll return to that. Um, and then there's uh, there's cricket World Cup coming this year. There's the, um, the Crucible, the snooker. Six Nations is on the horizon. Oh, well, uh, we'll be, we'll be previewing the... that in a big way when it comes, Gareth. Not long. Managed to uh, managed to grab a ticket for England-France uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, very good. Uh, so that's uh, exciting. Got England-Italy as well, but that's less exciting. Um, hmm. But, uh, yeah, England-France should be should be good fun. Um, and then, yeah, so we'll, we'll look at some, uh, some of the sports. So we'll draw to close there, uh, just before we go, yeah, Gareth, be, uh, uh, just 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 quickly, uh, what did you uh, what did you make of the uh, American football this weekend, Gareth, uh, on the road to the Super Bowl? I'm sure you. Oh well, the excitement couldn't stop. Um, just just remind me what happened again. <laughs> so we had the uh, divisional round of the playoffs this weekend, which went means uh, mean eight teams then went into four. Uh, wasn't the best weekend, if you're honest. We watched four or uh, well, three fairly convincing, dominating performances, and then one that was a bit more interesting went later on. Um, but overall, what we've probably got is the best four teams. Um, the three kind of teams that have been the most exciting, the Rams, the Chiefs and the Saints, have all come out. And then the um, the evil order, the New England Patriots, we hope they'd uh, get beat, but they continue to show why they are the uh, best team around as they, they smash the San, uh, the San Diego, the Los Angeles now, Chargers, um, in a very convincing... The game was over after the first quarter. It was 28-7 and the, um, the Chargers looked dead. And they'll they'll go to the Chiefs this weekend in which uh, would be a rematch of a game earlier in the season that finished 43-40 to the Patriots. But that was at their ground and now they're going to Kansas City where there was there was some snow when they played at the weekend. And, oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, Kansas City has been the best offence and they've got probably the most exciting player in the league in Patrick Mahomes who um, has, has lit the league on fire this year. Uh, so I'll probably go for a narrow Chiefs win in that. And then we've got the uh, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, who 
dominated the Dallas Cowboys, uh, going to New Orleans to face the Saints, who uh, who made a bit of tough work of uh, Philadelphia Eagles, but won. And I'm, uh, I think I'm going to pick a Rams upset there. I think they 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 looked very good last weekend, and the Saints I think have tailed off a bit. So I'm I'm going to predict a a Rams Chiefs uh, Super Bowl, which would be just fabulous, as those two teams probably played the game of the year earlier this year that finished 54-51. And if, oh, and nice. if you don't know, yeah, if you don't know your American football, an average score is probably like about thirty to twenty-seven, something like that. So that that was quite an offensive explosion. Um, but yeah, Sunday night, uh, if you've got your Sky Sports package, tune in. Um, yeah, it starts off with the Rams Saints, and then finish off with the Chiefs Patriots. So it should be a belting, and then uh, we'll know a Super Bowl one. We'll have a week off, and then Super Bowl first weekend in Feb. Ah, same weekend as the opening Six Nations. Yes, it's um, it's a weekend to uh, avoid the uh, other half and or. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, very good. Right, nice to uh, be with you for the first uh, one this year. Sorry about and the delay, guys. Yeah. And we'll see you uh, next week. All being well. See ya. Cheers, Andrew. Cheers, here.